the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Free Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. I just feel so thankful. You know, the Lord says to be thankful in all things, to give thanks in all things, not just some things, but all things. And I just want to say right now, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you're on this station with me, that you're listening to the show today. I am humbled and honored. I just came from uh, Concordia University. I came from a, um, a get-together where it was for businesses and leaders of businesses, and students were there too. And John Townsend was there, and he was the keynote speaker. And John Townsend is one of my mentors. I've known him for a really long time, and uh, you know I've been doing this show for like eight and a half years, maybe longer. And I used to call him up and say, John, what do you do when, and then he'd say, oh, yeah. Or I call him up about a half hour before maybe a guest was supposed to appear and beyond when I was doing live. I was doing live for like 10 years, no, excuse me, five years. And I'd call him up, and if he was available, he would so graciously say, sure, Sue, I'll do the show with you today. And he would go live with me. And we had a great show, and I learned so much uh, listening to how he presents um, his subject matter, just how he delivers the message. And um, I'm, I'm always a student. You know, I want to be a student all the time because I want to get better at what I'm doing. And I'm just going to ask you, do you do that? Are you a student in whatever it is you're doing? Because if we desire or strive to be excellent in what we put our hand to, which God tells us to do that, to give him your best, the highest quality. It's not for your boss. It's not for your spouse. It's not for your children, even though they glean, you know, the the benefit of it. It's, it's for God. We put our hands to things because we want to please God. So when I'm listening to him deliver the message, uh, it's really great because he tells a story and he gets you engaged and emotionally you feel part of whatever it is he's talking about. And Craig, uh, my advertising rep and my friend, he's the one that he said, I'll be your chauffeur today. And he's the one that, that drove me there today. And it was, uh, you know, an hour there, hour back. And, um, in our conversation, I was talking about Alistair Begg, and I was talking that I, I'm listening to, you know, Christian radio right now. I used to listen to a lot of music. I still listen to Christian music because you are what you listen to, what you eat, who you hang with. You are those, you know, you, you become that, what you read, what you watch. So be mindful of that. But I was telling him about, because uh, I'm paying attention to um, speakers who who really connect with me, where I connect with them, and I want to know more, and I'm kind of hanging in there during the story. And I was telling Craig that I was listening to Alistair Begg, and Alistair Begg was giving this story about, and I'm going to tell you the story because I think it's pretty good, 
he was talking about how when he was young, he was in high school, he had a friend, and they went walking down the street, and they came upon a boat that was not in water. It was kind of, you know, on the side. And they decided to just have some fun and stick this boat in the water. And they did. And they uh, the, the water they put it in uh, had a current. They get in the boat. They're talking. They're laughing. They're having a great old time, not really paying much attention to what's going on around them. And then as time went on, they don't know how long the time took, but they heard this roaring sound. Both of them looked at each other with big eyes, and they realized that this roaring sound is the dam. It's a waterfall. And the one friend looks at Alistair and says, I don't know how to swim. So they grabbed the paddles really fast and they paddled to the shore. They jumped out in shallow water and the boat went over the side and they watched what happened next. And Alistair Begg gave that example and that story to let us know that sometimes our lives and the way we handle our lives can be like that. You're going along, you're having a good time, you're not you're not really paying attention to what's going on around you and all of a sudden Things just don't go well. They just don't happen the way you thought they would. And Alistair continued to say that, you know, you were created for a purpose and we need to live out our purpose. We need to find out what our passion is and, and work towards our passion. And we have to have goals set because if you don't, you end up just letting that boat go right over the side because there was no goal. It was just, and sometimes we get so caught up in having fun or not really thinking about the ramifications of our decisions that we end up in a shipwreck or a wrecked boat or a wrecked life. And I thought it was a great example of Jesus in the Bible. Because Jesus in the Bible, he would always speak in parables. And parables are stories. And people can relate to stories so much easier than somebody just having a finger out saying, you should, you would, you, you know, all of those things. It's much better to get somebody involved emotionally to a situation to where they can actually emotionally and with the Holy Spirit make a change. So I'm going to say a prayer because I didn't pray before I got on the air, and I'm going to say a prayer right now because I'm really feeling I need it, and you probably do too. Sometimes we don't realize we need prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up this time to you, Lord, and I'm just so thankful, Lord. I'm thankful for all you've done for us. And Lord, I just ask that you give me guidance, that you give me discernment, that you help me deliver the message that you want delivered, that this is your show. It's not Sue Free's show. It's your show. And I just want to be an open vessel to be used for your glory, and that the message is clear that the ears that hear, that they find favor, but also that there is a change of heart, a change in mind that's going to direct their path to be more towards you and towards their passion in life, the purpose that you created each and every listener, that they produce the fruit that you have designed them to do. In all these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So when praying about the show today and the message for today. People always say, what are you going to talk about today, Sue? What are you going to talk about today, Sue? And uh, I'm going to talk about boundaries because that's what I just heard from John Townsend and I've read those books and those books changed my life. Uh, You know, Codependency No More was not his, but that's a book that changed my life because I was codependent and didn't even know it. The Boundaries book is so important in business and in your personal life, being a parent teaching your children to have healthy boundaries, but also for us to have healthy boundaries. John said something. He said, I'm going to challenge you to say no at least three times every day. Because sometimes we 
uh, live by omission. This is his words. And he said that because we don't say what really we want to say, so we just don't say it. And it's living in a lie. And God doesn't want us to live in lies. And how many times, I can tell you for me, but how many times have we gone on and gone on in a situation that once we finally found the courage and we let the fear dissipate a little bit and we actually faced it head on, faced the fear head on, faced the conflict head on, faced that conversation head on, that after we were done and we didn't die, we realized, gosh, I wish I would have done that so much sooner If I would have had this conversation a month ago or a year ago or five or ten years ago in marriage, how long do we go, people? How long do we just keep on keeping on thinking we're doing the right thing? But there's something inside of us that's telling us, no, we need to have that conversation. We need to be true to ourselves and true to the people that we are having relationship with. Because without really being true to ourselves, we will really um, not allow us to experience and the person that we want to have a relationship with to experience the intimacy that really can be. I heard intimacy explained like this, in to me see. And I loved that because isn't that what intimacy is? It's when you let yourself be vulnerable And the other person to be able to see you, the real you, and to love you anyway. Isn't that what we all are longing for, really? We're longing for that. And so many times, fear gets a hold of us, the fear of the unknown. Because there's really a good fear and a bad fear. But this fear that holds us back, this fear that doesn't allow us to be all that God wants us to be, we need to just rebuke that fear. In the Bible, fear not is in there 365 times. That's one per day. I think we need it more than that. I know I do. But fear not. That's God telling us to fear not. Put our faith where? In him. So the boundaries is a really big deal. And uh, he says to create a culture to be frank in Ephesians 4. How to have those difficult conversations sometimes can be the whole key. You know, you have to pick the time wisely. You have to choose your words wisely. But you still have to have the conversation. The conversation needs to happen sooner not later. Another thing he said is for the people that are in leadership and that have a lot of priority. They learn how to say, that doesn't work for me. When people ask for something. For the leader to say, you know, that really just, you know, I really appreciate you thinking of me, but that doesn't really work for me. That's a nice way to say no, isn't it? (laughs) It's a nice way to say no, and it's a healthy boundary. I took that, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use that one. If you're tuning in right now, I just thank you so much for doing so. This is the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. I want you to go there. I'm inviting you to go there and connect with me. I want to know who you are. I want to know what what's bothering you, if you need prayer, 
if you need resources. I don't have all the answers, but I do have resources. So if there's anything you're needing, wanting, if you just want to have someone to bounce something off of, please, I'm opening the invitation to you. Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. When you go there, I hope you go on uh, a computer where you can have a monitor that's kind of big. And I hope you have speakers because there's so many things that you can find on that website. I spend a lot of time and money on that website, and it's for you. There's no cost to get on there. You can get free things. There's podcasts on there. You can download at your leisure, at your timing, not mine. Uh, You can download videos. I have YouTubes. I have all kinds of things. I even have dancing YouTube videos where you can learn how to dance. (laughs) I think about 95 of them, to be exact. Uh, Also in there, you know, traveling all over the world, Paris, Rome, just all over the world. And so you can see things that maybe you haven't seen yet. Maybe you can decide where you want to go and put that on your dream list. That That's not a bad thing to do. We all have to have those. We have to have a list and we have to have goals and we need to have dreams. Dreams do come true. They really do. So it was wonderful being with John Townsend. I didn't get to say hi to him because he was up on stage and I was sitting in a chair, but I took notes, copious notes, because I'm always learning. There's more on these notes, but I don't want to go there because that wasn't the point of this show. I just wanted to share uh, a little bit about what I was experiencing today. So fear not how to stop feeding fear and overcome it. This is by a gentleman by the name of Mike Bennett. Fear is one of the strongest motivators. It can push us into wrong actions or freeze us into inaction. How can we keep God's instruction to fear not? Fear grabs our attention. It gets us ready to fight or flee. Whether we mask our fear with macho bravado or slink away to seek refuge, it can have a powerful effect on our thinking, decisions, and actions. A healthy fear can keep us from harm, but too often fear keeps us from doing what we want or need to do. Sometimes it provokes us into wrong or dangerous responses. Biblically speaking, fear can contribute to obeying or disobeying God's law. Why does fear seem so pervasive in society today? And what can we do to control it? Fear now. Increasing troubles in the world and our neighborhoods can make us feel like we are living in a fear zone. Politicians and hucksters of every stripe play on our fears for their own benefit. And but that doesn't mean the underlying dangers are not real. Terrorism, mass shootings, spreading warfare, violent crime, disease epidemics, natural disasters, deadly animals, all of these are in the news and too often in our entertainment and our nightmares. Right now, just a side note, uh, you know, this is so relevant right now. I have a sister who lives in Costa Mesa, and they had in her son's high school, they had a bomb threat. Now, I just want to tell you that this is just just right after the shooting that happened in Florida, where 17 people were killed, where supposedly there was an armed guard outside the gates of the school that's been paid $100,000 to protect the students 
who didn't come inside is what I heard. I don't have all the facts, but if that's true, I'm wondering what? And there was, I think, four to five other police that also didn't move in. What? Are we not, you know, I I put on Facebook, and I'm, I'm not political, but this affects all of us. And I'm just thinking, you know, uh, there was legislation passed that said that police don't really have to go in and protect. And I'm like, firemen, we, you know, our taxes goes to paying our taxes and to pay for our firemen to put out fires, to protect our homes, to keep us safe. And I was under the impression that police were hired to protect our kids and our families and our people. So I'm a little bit surprised and, and kind of like in shock and disbelief of this legislation. So there was a bomb threat just two days after this shooting, and the school decided not to tell the parents or the children about the bomb threat. And I'm just like in shock of that, because if that was my kid, and there was danger, And the people that I put my children in care of, or they're supposed to take care of my kids, they're choosing not to tell me something they're aware of. I would have just kept my kids out of school. It's not that big of a deal. I'd rather my my child be alive the next day than to have one day of education. And how much education is going to happen when they're having to put off these alert alarms and do all these fire drills and all of these things anyway? Just I'll, I'll just keep my child home. So I'm a little bit like, I, I can't even believe it. So fear is real. There is real, real fear, and fear can protect us in, in time of need. So there is real and right fear, and fear that just kind of just holds us, just, you know, kind of makes us stifled to where we can't move. And that's the fear that um, we need to understand God is there for us, and that uh, we need to get step past that, how much of that is real. Many of the things we fear never happen to us, and even when they do, all our anxieties and worries generally have done nothing to protect us. That's interesting, too, because John was talking about how many times have we put off that conversation that we need to have, and what does it zap us of? What does it take from us? Uh, time, energy, uh, people feeling worse, the problem getting worse. Really, the longer you wait, the more damage is done. So it's much better to take care of things when they're small. When they happen, you address them head on in the right manner, without anger, with prayer. The Bible does not minimize many of the things we fear. In fact, it shows that the world will become more dangerous and frightening as the end times approach. But it also shows how we can deal with our fears, both the good and the bad. Fear of the Lord. First, the good fear. The Bible does promote an exceptional fear, a reasonable fear that actually allows us to eradicate all the deceptive and destructive fears. This healthy awe and respect for our Creator, puts us on the path to spiritual knowledge and wisdom. Proverbs 1.7, Psalm 1.11.10. But many other fears do not have good results. Feelings, phobias, and real fears, our temperament and experiences can contribute to the unique set of phobias and fearful feelings we have. 
Traumatic events early in life can etch pathways of fear into our brains. Feelings of insecurity can intensify natural human tendencies, like the common fear of public speaking. This is real for me, because what am I doing right now? Uh, You know, I'm on the radio, so I don't see your faces at the moment. But I do public speaking where I'm up on platform and I enjoy it because I can feel my audience. I can see my audience and I like it. But there's so many people that's very high on the very high fear phobia uh, place. People don't like to public speak. Experts often suggest fighting irrational fears and phobias with education to change our thinking and practice dealing with the anxiety producing situations. Many books and online resources have been written about combating specific phobias and anxieties. You know, I fell off a horse and broke my leg, shattered my leg. And, you know, they always say, you know, if you fall off a horse, get back up again, get back on again. And that is so true that we do need to face these fears head on. So what is it you're combating right now? Is there a phobia that maybe you could take just one step towards the phobia? There are so many phobias out there. Sometimes I'm so surprised because I've never heard of this one or that one. And when it's being described by somebody that's experiencing it, it is so real. And for me, I don't address it. I mean, you know, getting out of the house, going out of the house and and going to the store. I mean, I never thought of that being uh, something that would bring fear to me. But there's people that describe that. And I'm thinking, wow. That has got to be really terrible. It's got to be really horrible. And how do you get past that? You have to just face it head on and you have to just take that step. You have to open that door and you have to take that step out and get the keys and get in the car and and go there. And, And even if it's for a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, go there and just little by little baby steps, you get past it. But what about the rational fears, the real troubles facing our world that we often have little control over? Do we have to just live in a constant state of anxiety punctuated by flashes of sheer terror? Fear versus faith. The Bible instructs God's people many times to fear not. God does not want us to be debilitated by fear. For those who have the proper awe and respect for God and who strive to obey his commands, God makes some wonderful promises. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. That's Isaiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground? apart from your father's will, but the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show and to fear not right after this brief, brief break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. 
As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ecola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. All right, it's David James. My friend, Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola, is here. And, Sue, you were just telling me that allergies and termites have something in common? Dave, if you have a problem with termites in your home but also suffer from allergies and chemical sensitivity, we offer an array of termite control services that will be able to solve your problem without putting your health at risk. Our Ecola heat process uses extreme heat instead of chemicals to kill and remove termites and any other pests that may be infesting your home. Yes, and you were telling me me about the awesome electro gun treatments it sends electricity through the wood and you use it as part of your termite control services they're very effective so if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals know that we have an array of options for termite control don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home call ecola termite pest control services now 800-332-BUGS 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com ecola powerful termite and pest control as gentle as a butterfly. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And thank you, Ecola Termite and Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. If you'd like to sponsor the show, I would love to talk to you because I want to help you. Uh, if you're a business and you're only in San Diego or only in Orange County or only in Ventura, I can help you because my show is syndicated. It goes up and down the state of California. And so if your company only services a certain area, that's fine. I can accommodate and we will do so. So just get in contact with me. How do you do that? Go to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and connect with me. Tell me what it is you're thinking, what you're wanting. And if we can work something out and we can do something, believe me, I will do all I can to help you because somebody was there to help me. And, you know, paying it forward is a really, really good thing. And I feel very good to be able to help others. So I'm here to serve. That's what God's put me here for. And so I want to serve. So if you want to be on the show or um, if you know of a guest that has a great story, we all have a story and we can learn from one another. If you know somebody that you think would be a great guest on my show, I also welcome that. Just go to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com and connect with me there. Give me the information. We'll have a chit chat and go from there. So we're talking about fear, the good fear, the bad fear. Seek God's spirit. God gives his spirit to those who repent and are baptized. Acts 2.38. I love to give scriptures because I want you to understand that the things that I'm saying here, they're not my words. They're God's words. And one fruit of his spirit is peace. Galatians 5.22. You know, fruit of his spirit is peace. God has lots of fruits of the spirit, and he talks about fruits of the spirit. And I was thinking on the drive in before, I was thinking, you know, people ask me sometimes, 
oh, do you know so-and-so, you know, are they a Christian? Or, you know, oh, so-and-so's dating somebody. Are they a Christian? And I always answer with, it's not my decision, and I really don't know when somebody is a Christian or they aren't. All I can tell you is by their fruits, you know, when somebody acts like a Christian, when somebody treats others like a Christian would treat them, then that's what I would say, is that my interaction, my relationship with that person is they are a good, kind, giving person, and that's where I leave it. Because I'm not the judgment. I I don't judge. I just love. And I think we all could benefit if all of us would do more loving and less judging. I think we would all be better off. I've been on the other end. I've been judged. And it's been very outwardly judged and, and vocalized. And, you know, it's very painful. And whenever I ask for criticism, because I always do because I want to be better, and when I ask somebody, how can I do better in this department? What can I do different? How would this, how could I have presented this situation to you where it would have been, you know, better received? You know, those are really great questions to ask because you're, you're really wanting to learn how to be better communicator, a better friend, a better, what, a better, better. A better person. So there's nothing wrong with asking those questions. And I think they're really heartfelt. Paul also said it is not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. God's spirit empowers us to control our thinking and to do the right things for the right reasons. You know, whenever you're in a decision where you have to make a decision and you have to make a choice because that happens all the time. It's always best to run that by, what would Jesus do? Some people say that's kind of corny, but I don't think it's corny at all. What would Jesus do? What would he want me to do? Grow in faith. Our trust in God is based on his promises and his faithfulness. The faith chapter, Hebrews 11. Remember that. Hebrews 11. If you want to read the faith chapter, Hebrews 11 is full of stories of men and women who grew to believe that God would do exactly what he promised. Their trust in the faithful God. Help them face their fears and act in faith. It helped them wait patiently and courageously endure terrifying trials. The greatest example is Jesus Christ himself. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 2. Fix that. We can ask God for more faith, Luke seventeen five or Mark nine twenty four. We should then act on that faith in obedience to God, since faith without works is dead. Did you hear that? Faith without works is dead. Words without actions is dead. If our focus is on God's word and his eternal promises more than the temporary physical circumstances, we will increase our faith and decrease our fear. Now, did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. If our focus is on God's word and his eternal promises more than the temporary physical circumstances, what we see in front of us, we will increase our faith and decrease our fear. I learned a long time ago that things seem to happen in the area in which we focus. I hear people, a lot of the times, I hear people and they'll be talking. And what they state out of their mouths comes to be. And what we put our mind to the most, 
is where things go. So if we're focused on divorce, if we're focused on lack, then that's what we're going to have. If we focus on thankfulness, if we focus on good, the good report, if we focus on positive and what we see that's wonderful and beautiful, then our focus is going to be on that, and that's the direction in which our heart and our mind will go. We have a decision to make on what we're going to dwell on and in. And he's telling us to focus on him and his word. And when we actually get it, really get it inside of us, to where it just kind of bleeds over, it's overflowing, my cup runneth over, when that happens, it can change the whole direction of your life. I, you know, I've done it both ways. I, I have experienced both ways. And I can tell you from experience, the Sue Freeze experience, that both will get you somewhere. It just depends on where you want to go. I want to focus on the good report. I want to focus on the good in people. Will people let me down? Yes. They do all the time, actually. You know, um, people that you think that you can trust and then you realize you can't. Uh, People that you put a lot of um, energy into and then, you know, they let you down. That's going to happen. I've asked people what my biggest fault is in my uh, workplace. I asked them, and you could ask people this too, because I think it's important to ask these questions because, you know, you have a certain vision or visual of yourself. You know, you have a certain thing that you consider as you. And when you ask other people, for instance, what's my biggest weakness from your point of view? What do you think my biggest weakness is? What's my biggest fault? And the response I got from employees is, Sue, you care too much. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to my grave with that one. I'm okay to care too much. But you know what? It comes with a price and it hurts. It hurts really deep. When people let me down, when people don't tell me the truth, when I trust in somebody and they break that trust. And once it's broken, it's broken. I mean, we can try to mend. We can try to earn it back. But you know what? It's just, I don't know. For me, it's just never the same. It's never the same. I always have this little bit hang, hung back. You know, I hang a little bit back. I don't know about you. You know, you, you forgive, but you don't forget. I don't know if that's biblical, but for me, it's the way I survive. Um, I just have to guard a little bit. But I, let me caution you in the guarding because you can have your walls up so high that you don't let anybody in. I have friends and family members that are like that, that they have their walls so so high to protect that they can't, they can't really experience the intimacy that I was t- talking about at the very beginning of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in right now. You're listening to the Sue Free Show. And thank you, San Diego, so much for tuning in in San Diego. I'm, I'm going to be heading down there this next weekend, and I'm excited about that. Going to be on TV. Um, also, um, thank you, Venturians, for tuning in the word. Uh, you know, we need more of the word. I'm glad they changed the name to that because I think we need more of the word. I know I do.
So, oh, look at this. Uh, Like the faithful people of old, we should focus beyond this fearful world on the positive future God has in store. We can also meditate on and appreciate the comfort and peace God gives now. Let's focus on the positive. Like the faithful people of old, we should focus beyond this fearful world on the positive future God has in store. We can also meditate on and appreciate the comfort and peace God gives us now. Paul directed our thinking toward the positive. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That is the good report. Focus on the good report. Do you want to know where that is? Some of you already know. But if you don't know, Philippians 4.8. That's the good report. I am loving Philippians more and more. In my Bible that I've had for years and years and years, uh, at the very beginning of the book of Philippians, I have a big marks a lot joy. Because a long time ago, I was told and taught that Philippians is the book of joy. Do you feel joy right now in your life? Do you want more joy in your life? I just gave you the book to read. If you want more joy in your life, read the book of Philippians. I have memorized scriptures in Philippians because Philippians 4.4, 4, I'm not looking at anything. This is from my heart and my mind. Philippians 4.4 4 is be anxious for nothing, but in all things. Pray and give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. That's 4.4. Four. Philippians 4.6 is be anxious for nothing. And now 4.8 is the good report. Focus on this. Finally, whenever the Lord says finally, it's really something to really pay. You should pay attention to everything in the Bible. But when he says finally, brethren, finally, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, there is so much in boundaries right here and that it just hit me. Okay, the Holy Spirit just said, pay attention, Sue, pay attention. So if the Holy Spirit's telling me this, I'm telling you this, is that let's focus on the good report because it will be life-changing for you because we can focus on the bad. We can judge everybody. We have a tendency to do that anyway. Why? I don't know. We don't even try to do it, and we do it. We try not to do it, and we can't help ourselves. It just happens. Somebody walks in and immediately assess them. We assess them. We don't mean to. We don't want to, but we do. So let's try to, together, focus on the good report. Let's find the good in people. Let's find the good there is in any situation, because there is good in any situation, no matter how bad it is. There's something good that can come from it even if it hurts really bad right now? We also often extol the importance of gratitude. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That sounds like Philippians 4, 6, but this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. So he's saying it more than once, isn't he? Rejoice. Joy. Laughter. 
perfect love casts out fear. On our spiritual journey, we must never forget our foundational fear of the Lord, our reverence for Him, our recognition of our dependence on Him. This proper perspective should lead to appreciation and praise and a deeper love of the God who has given us everything we have and ever will receive. He loved us so much, He even gave us His own Son. So our relationship with God grows on that foundation. We love him because he first loved us. John wrote, 1 John 4.19. As a result, fear is conquered. Do you want to conquer fear? I know I do. John summed up the ultimate goal this way. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Again, that's four. That's 1 John 4.18. We can go to God with our fears. We can seek more of his spirit. We can grow in faith in his ability to defeat anything that threatens us. We can find comfort and security in his loving care. The fear and loathing of this age will be replaced with love and rejoicing forevermore. So he is saying here that we can go to God with our fears Can you put a name? Can you identify what your fear is? I think one that's the most common is fear of failure. I I would say that's probably one of the biggest fears because failure could be so many different things. Failure in marriage, failure as a wife, failure as a mother, father, failure as a son, a daughter, mother-in-law, failure at work. Failure as a provider, failure as a communicator, failure, 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 failure. You know what the good thing about failure is? Is that as long as there's breath, there's hope. And when we fail, I say this to my sales team, you have to go out and you have to ask for the sale. And when you ask for the sale and somebody says no, Don't be sad about it. Just understand that you're for every no, you're that much closer to a yes. And the same thing applies with failures is that we learn from them. I'm hoping we learn from them. You don't want to keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. At least I hope you don't. So failure gets you that much closer to success. I don't know anybody that I have met that is successful whatever that definition of success is to you or to me. But I have not met one successful person that could tell me that they have never failed at anything. Because those failures is what develops us to be bigger, better, to have more understanding, to be able to cope with the next thing that's coming our way. None of us are perfect. We don't have holes in our hands. And thank God that God is not done with us yet, that this life is a journey, and we are on this journey together. And failure is just part of life. It just happens. The difference is, is how we assess the failure and what we do with the failure. How do we handle the failure? Do we let us knock us down and not get back up again? Or do we assess it and say, okay, 
What exactly was I trying to accomplish? What worked? What didn't work? And what would I do different next time? And when we ask those questions, we're that much closer to that yes. We're that much closer to success. I'm a poet and didn't know it. But isn't that so true? So, are you successful right now or are you failing at something right now? Even test taking, I can remember back in school and I remember that, you know, tests, I never liked them and I know there's a lot of people that will, you know, be right there with me. Tests are not fun to take. But I do remember that when I took the test, the questions that I got wrong The questions that I wasn't sure of or that I got wrong, I think now if somebody asked me that question now, I'd probably know that. I'd probably remember that question and the answer more than all the other ones that I got right when I studied and it was right there. Now, isn't that interesting to think of is that the lessons we really need to learn and we really need to get them in there, a lot of the times they come from failures. And I'm just learning this right this second as I'm speaking this. It's, it's a revelation that's happening right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for revealing this to me, is that it's so true. So it's all in how we look at a situation, whatever we're going through right now. And how are we going to have that affect us positively? How are we going to have that inspire us and encourage us and give us that, that little push to do something different next time? I don't know any like broken marriage relationships where the people come out of it not scarred and not hurt. But I also know that those people come out with a lesson, probably more than one, I would imagine, more than one, where they're going, I wouldn't do it the same next time around. I would do things differently. You know, I would spend more time. I would ask more questions. I would, I would get off work an hour earlier, or I would not write that last memo. I would get home and have dinner with the family, or you know, I mean, just these things that are. I, I'm looking from one perspective right now, and I apologize because from a woman's perspective, perspective, it could be you know maybe I maybe I really didn't need to do laundry. Maybe I should have been more ready when he came home. Uh, you know, I don't know. It could be a lot of different things. But where are we putting our priorities, and what lessons are we learning? And are we putting those to good use for the next time around? And, and, and another thing that was brought to my attention is, is that uh, whenever you, know, you go through trials and tribulations, I say it's God's way of preparing us for the next assignment. And isn't that true? When we have failures, when we go through trials and tribulations and, and we have failures in our lives, it's preparing us for the next assignment. Now, we can just put our head down and lack confidence and just say that I'm beaten and that I'm unworthy and that, you know, life is just dealing me a bad hand. Or we could say, nope, I'm picking myself up. I'm brushing myself off. I'm living out of my car right now. But you know what? I've got a plan. I'm going to work my plan. And it might not happen overnight, but I'm going to get out of this car and I'm going to get into a comfortable bed and it's going to have a heater in the room and I'm going to have a shower with hot water. Those are goals, and those are things that are going to happen. But it's all in how we look at things. I have a friend right now who I've met her once, and uh, she doesn't want me to tell her name, but she is in communicado with me uh, quite often. And, and you know, the, the, what she's going through in life, to, to hear her attitude 
and and how God just is so wonderful, and yet her living conditions are less than perfect, less than you know good, but she's just so grateful, so thankful, and so full of faith and peace and love that she reaches out and sees how she can encourage me, and I'm you know she is a testimony to me, and uh, she's ministering to me just in her faithfulness and her love for the Lord. And I'm so appreciative of her. So I'm almost out of time, and I'm sorry that I'm almost out of time. So I'm just going to read uh, out of Jesus Calling. Keep your eyes on me. Waves of adversity are washing over you, and you feel tempted to give up. As your circumstances consume more and more of your attention, you are losing sight of me. Yet I am with you always, holding you by your right hand. I am fully aware of your situation, and I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. Your gravest danger is worrying about tomorrow. If you try to carry tomorrow's burdens today, you will stagger under the load and eventually fall flat. You must discipline yourself to live within the boundaries of today. It is in the present moment that I walk close to you, helping you carry your burdens, keep your focus on my presence in the present. Now, I didn't read that before I came in here. Isn't it amazing how it just goes right along with what we're talking about? Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Until next week. Bye-bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.